I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got a pretty busy show. To start, we're going to get to some news. Before we get into the Iowa-Wisconsin basketball game, we'll break down everything from that. Um, of course, a lot to talk about with the happening, especially down the stretch in that game, so we'll get into all that. We'll discuss some Big Ten tournament. Um, as rough as the end of the regular season was, it is now into the postseason. you got the Big Ten tournament, you got the NCAA tournament, and uh, the Badgers did some good things. So we'll, get, we'll talk about that, how that looks like for them heading into uh, the Big Ten tournament. should be a fun uh, week of college basketball around the country. A lot of good teams, a lot of good tournaments going on this week and into the weekend. At the end, back half of the show, we have an interview with Wisconsin volleyball player Dana Retke. Uh, it was a lot of fun interviewing her. She came on to talk about Uncut Madison. Um, it's the newest student-athlete uh, movement, I guess we'll call it. If you check them out on their website, it's kind of similar to the Players' Tribune um, in which the athletes kind of tell their stories and you get to know them off the field. So in terms of our interview with Dana, we really didn't talk much volleyball at all, but uh, we really got to know her and who she is as a person. We're looking forward to working with Uncut Madison, hopefully in the future, to, to get some more athletes on. I think you guys will really enjoy and hear kind of a different side from what you probably normal he, normally hear um, from Dana you know, on the volleyball court discussing her dominance uh, on there as well. Matt, how are you today? I'm doing great. Yeah, it was a really fun interview with her. She was very insightful um, talking about this new platform that the students are putting together. And I think there's going to be a lot of really fun and cool things coming out of that, a lot of uh, people across the athletic department that I, I think fans will want to hear from. So that'll be a, a great uh, listen at the end. And uh, over that, I mean, we've got positive weather now, and that's uh, all smiles over here. How about you? Yeah, I'm great. The, the weather was great. Um, we've got some good news to get to on the basketball stuff as well, and then we've got some uh, Wisconsin football spring practice dates. Before we get into the the basketball game. Let's discuss those. We'll start with um, Lauren Bowman. Um, there's some positive news. It sounds like he is going planning to rejoin the team sometime this summer. I know I saw June somewhere, so uh, really good news for him um, with all the stuff that he go had going on with the family to get him back. I think it's not only huge for him as a person, student athlete, everything like that, but also for the Wisconsin basketball team looking into next year. He's a really high-quality player that Wisconsin was banking on having um, for these upcoming seasons at that guard position. So uh, what did you make of that great news for Lauren Bowman? Yeah, I think it's big. Uh, Obviously, on a personal side, it's just big for him to have the the family matter 
put to rest and they're able to move on. And now the it can turn to getting ready. Um, I'm guessing he's working out, getting ready for coming to the team this summer and and really giving this team a lift in, in the backcourt because you look at it and Trice is you got Trice, you've got Davison, you've got Anderson, and really all three are seniors, so you don't really know what you're going to have next year. I think he would have played some this year just to get him ready for next season, but at the same time, he, he's a talented player that's a, a score-first point guard who could probably play a little bit of the two as well. So I think Wisconsin fans should be super pumped. Uh, I know we are to, to see what he can bring to the table next year because he is a really talented athlete, and there's a reason they really wanted him and were on him early in the recruiting process. Yeah, I think it's great for everyone. You know, the uh, of course the family issues are, are first and foremost and most important. But if, if that's taken care of and he's ready to return to to basketball and and all that, I think it's great for him. I think it'll be good for the program uh, to have a player of his caliber back. I know everyone was uh, of course invested in in what was going on and, and hoping the best for him. So for him to be able to be back on the court with the Badgers is going to be awesome to see and. Um, really important uh, for this team as they move forward, like you mentioned. You know, you don't know what you have at the guard position. He's a player that could really help Wisconsin next year, so uh, it's great all-around news uh, for him in that regard. Speaking of good news, we've got Wisconsin football spring practice dates announced. The first will be on March 30th. Uh, a full schedule is coming. Um, we anticipated it being announced around this time, but it's it's nice to finally have a date. I know uh, media members are excited to to finally be able to hear about what's going to be going on there, to get kind of, I, I know we're probably not going to have any sort of in-person, but you get to hear from the team, you get to have, have a look at the team and, uh, and hear about them, which is going to be great because there's a lot of positions of, of note, and in spring practice is going to be really important for the, some of those position battles. So uh, how excited are you to hear that uh, spring practice is really right around the corner once you get through March Madness here? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's it's absolutely huge that they're hopefully going to have a normal offseason to, to prepare. That really hurt them last year. I know it hurt a lot of teams who weren't able to fit it in because of the shutdown. Uh, it's, it's, it's nice to kind of get back into somewhat of a rhythm here that football is going to have spring practice. We're going to have a Big Ten tournament. Um, this week, both things that didn't happen last year at this time. So I think um, positive signs all around, and I'm just excited to, to see uh, what kind of availability they have for, for practices here. I know that that's kind of up in the air still. Yeah, it's going to be great. You know, I'm so excited to see some of these position battles, how they play out. I think I, I know most fans kind of understand the importance of spring practice, and, and you saw this past year the – the quality of college football overall across the country, especially early in the season, was you could tell that these guys had not had a lot of uh, practice, whether it be in the spring and even the fall was kind of weird. You had some teams pausing, um, you know, due to COVID. You had some teams taking you know, multiple weeks off before getting started. It was just kind of a mess. You had, of course, the Big Ten, you know, going back and forth on even playing. So to be able to have you know weeks of spring practice, is, I think, is going to be really important. It's going to be great for the Badgers to groom some of their younger guys that maybe haven't gone through the, the spring practice circuit. I mean, that makes a big difference. So um, I'm just glad that, like you said, it, it's coming back to normal. We're all excited for the Big Ten tournament and, and the multiple conference tournaments, and we're excited to have spring practice. Things are looking up, the sunshine, and what more can you really ask for? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> one, one other thing on the uh, news front that just kind of happened was Gabe Lloyd, uh, Badger walk-on tight end who was going to be a fifth-year senior this past season and was in the transfer portal. He is going to be playing 
at uh, North Dakota State next year. Very nice. Good for him. I think that would be a good fit. And, uh, you know, you always wish these upperclassmen and, and anyone who transfers out of Wisconsin uh, good luck. And, of course, that's a great program to be a part of. So uh, that'll be that'll be nice to see. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think you look at it, I think there is a lot of depth. One of those specific positions that I know uh, you were talking about, that there's a bunch of different battles. I think there's going to be a lot of young tight ends who are going to be trying to to pave the way to, to get some reps and be that third tight end next year. And I think that's one that should be fun. And, and I think he was kind of on the outside looking up, looking in, and it makes a lot of sense for him to go and, and play with a chance to, to win a title next year still. Yeah, that, that's great for him. I think it'll be a good fit overall. And you know, like you said, that, that, that tight end room is deep and, and strong, so it, it makes a lot of sense. And we wish him the best of luck as he moves on to that new chapter and, like you said, competes for a national champion. That's a very good program there. I know they just had a tough loss a couple of weeks ago, but I think that's a good fit, and uh, it'll be nice to see him continue his career out there. All right, I know it's a Wisconsin basketball loss that we've got to get into next, and there it's always tough to talk about a loss, but I think overall we'll get into the, the poor refereeing that was a struggle, but I think for the most part, this team actually looked a lot better than what they have. So that's at least a step in the right direction as you head into this Big Ten tournament. You know, coming into this game, shooting was was a struggle. You know, there's no doubt about it. And for a portion of this game against Iowa, it was as well. Wisconsin didn't shoot the ball really well in the first half, but second half, it looked better. So I think overall, despite this being a loss, this team looked more like you expected them to look over the course of the season. And I think maybe breathe some fresh air into what has been kind of a tough stretch for them. So what did you make of this contest? And despite the loss, uh, what did you take from Wisconsin as a whole? Yeah, I mean, you look at it, and they very well should have won that game in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Um, so a few calls, a few plays just didn't go their way, and, and that's kind of how college basketball works right now. And I know we're going to get into that. But I think the the biggest thing that jumped out was, how they shot in the second half. They 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 found a pulse from deep and made 53% of their three-pointers in the second half. They were going inside and doing doing a good job of points in the paint as well. I thought Micah Potter looked really really good. He was keeping pace with uh with Garza and basically in every category outside of the damn rebounding apartment where Wisconsin hasn't been great. But um I I think if you look at it holistically, they played a lot better. They they did so with with Trice and Wall both fouling out. Brad Davison with four fouls. I mean, they were dealing with foul trouble all game long. Trice played only 26 minutes. That was the first time he he hasn't broken 30 since December. So you look at it, and Wisconsin did a lot of really nice things in this game. Um, I think the loss of Wieskamp early for Iowa was pretty huge considering he was, had already had 12 points, was 5 of 5 shooting in 12 minutes. So I think that helped them. But I, I think it's it's exciting to possibly see Wisconsin have a chance at a rematch against Iowa in the future because I think they can – that is one of those top four teams that they could easily beat, especially if uh, they maybe have a little different officiating crew going on. Yeah, I think I think so as well. I mean, it's always tough to beat you know a team three times, and if they were to get to that Iowa game, I think that plays well for the Badgers. But it also helps that you know you you said there was just something about this team. They're making shots. There were a few things defensively and in the rebound department you want to see. But Iowa with Luca Garza, that's always going to be a challenge for anyone. 
Um, but overall, you know, the shots falling were, were just something we needed to see, especially on the road. I mean, shots haven't fallen for the Badgers at home either. But for them to come out and, and shoot in that second half the way they've been capable of, we knew at some point the shots were going to start to fall. And I think hopefully that can give them some momentum, maybe just build some confidence going into this Big Ten tournament. I know Demetri Trice just tweeted out, oh, and oh, you know, it's a new season. And, and maybe that second half will allow them to maybe put something together and kind of give them a little bit of a spark club to go into this this Big Ten tournament and play with some confidence. Because we saw, you know, in the, in the games before that Iowa game, the team just didn't seem, I don't want to say not invested, because they were very much into the game, but they just you could see the confidence was, was kind of waning a little bit. They were struggling versus against Iowa. The guys were very into it. The bench was a lot louder. The energy was seemingly there, and the shots were falling. So I know it's it's a loss, and, and that's always stings, but at the same time, it just felt like this team was building some confidence and building on some things that hopefully they can take to Indianapolis and put together a, a strong Big Ten tournament. Yeah, that's what you have to hope for at this point. I, overall, you saw signs of life from them, and you saw mm-hmm. passion um, not only during the game but after the game, and I think – those things, those intangibles that haven't always been seen this year, and it seemed like that was a game that they, they knew, hey, we could have won, that they were super confident playing late in that game. Um, they didn't score over the last two, two and a half minutes, which I think really hurt them, but you look at it, and they had their chances. They played pretty well against a tough Iowa team. Like There's a reason that Iowa is a top-10 team, and Wisconsin was right down to the wire against them, so I think you have some some room for hope going into uh, both the Big Ten tournament, NCAA tournament. Um, and, and I think, really, you looked at it, Greg Gard stuck up for his guys after the game and <laughs> straight up told the league office they can call him if they want, um, as he was very, very forthcoming with some fire towards the officiating crew. So I, I think the passion that's coming from that, could hopefully be something for them to rally around um, that they just haven't had this year. And it seems like that at times they've kind of walked through the season um, just just kind of through the going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I, I think that will – I think the combination of, of the, you know, just playing better and, and having some energy and, you know, uh, Greg Gard really kind of firing them up and, and having their back will hopefully allow them to – to build towards um, a strong Big Ten tournament. But I think other than the, the better play, the, the story of this game was, unfortunately, the, the whistle. And really, the last few calls, you know, down the stretch, the, the whistle was horrible. I mean, we can, we can talk about those calls, of course. They were very bad. But really, that game as a whole, there was a whistle of what it seemed like every possession. I mean, there's been some games throughout the season this year that it just you can't get into the flow of a game because every possession has something. Um, this one, there was a lot of trips to the monitors. There was a lot of fouls that it just it ruined the flow of the game. To I mean, even to watch. I mean, it's it was a hard game to watch at times because it just seemed like every other you know possession there was a whistle. There was something going on. I have to imagine that makes it really tough to play as well. So I, I know the last few calls are what you're focal on, but uh, I mean, this game was was really poorly officiated from the jump, and it uh, it's frustrating that this is the kind of the topic that you have to talk about, but. That's really the storyline of the game is, is is how bad that was, especially late. Yeah, I mean there was there was multiple calls 
that were like, what the hell? Like, it just didn't even make sense. Uh, CBS was even talking about it. All um, right, Fox crew was talking about it after the game. I mean, that's that's usually not something that they're going to do uh, post-game. So it, it's pretty telling that I think everybody w- was unifying across the Big Ten about get Bo Borowski out of here. I, I think really just the game overall, I, I like that you brought up just the gridlocked way that the second half went on because there was a stretch – in the middle and early part of the second half where both teams got really hot and they were shooting really well. And and you started to see a really fun flow of the game and Wisconsin got into it. And, and then all of a sudden it was just whistle upon whistle and monitor review. And, Oh, did this guy's elbow slightly touch somebody? Like it was just ticky tacky calls and it just completely became about the stripes. And, And that's not what college basketball is about. The complete, um, love of the mon- going to the monitor to check every little thing completely ruined the flow of the game. And, and it made it really hard not only for fans, but I'm sure for players mm-hmm. to, to get, keep a rhythm. And Wisconsin played really well um, up until just basically some calls just completely blatantly went against them and uh, left you scratching your head. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy the way that, that sports and, and college basketball, really sports as a whole, has went from, you know, you know, years ago, we, we wanted more stuff that you could review and, and take a look at. And, you know, we have replay, replay technology. Let's take advantage of it and use it. And now it's grown and, and flipped the script where it's like, man, we are, you know, games as a whole are just being destroyed by the, the, the having to go to the monitor, slowing things down, taking a look in slow motion. It's like, okay, if you wanted to call every single play and call every single thing, we, we'll be playing games for, for hours and hours. So, it's crazy the landscape and how it's kind of flipped on its head where, you know, you used to want to be able to go to the monitor and, and take a look at these things, and now it's like, you know, please, no more, no more. We don't need to take another monitor review for, for two minutes, five minutes, and just continue to look for little things. So it's unfortunate because it was a really good game. Like you mentioned, there were there were stretches where Wisconsin and Iowa were both hitting shots back and forth, and that's what you want it to be. You want these guys to, to decide the game. Um, themselves with, with making you know big shots and making big plays. That's what makes college basketball so fun. Um, and and there's been multiple times, not even just Wisconsin, just the game as a whole. There's plenty of games I've watched this year that um, the reps have kind of ruined the flow of of two good teams playing good basketball. And for Wisconsin, you know when you're not playing that great overall in the last few weeks, that's the last thing you need is to have to try and battle and and beat the referee and and work through that. So. It's disappointing. At the end of the day, it's uh, you know it's pretty telling that you know so many fan bases across the Big Ten you know know the if you know the ref's name um, and, and worry about them when you see he's assigned <laughs> your game, that's a problem. And hopefully the Big Ten can kind of take a look at that and say, okay, not not every fan base across the country and across the Big Ten should know this guy's name. And and uh, unfortunately, that's just kind of the way it's been for the Badgers all year. I mean, I think they're what two and six in the games he's refed and zero oh and six in Big Ten play. So. It's uh, it's telling for sure. Yeah, I mean it's it's an alarming trend at this point. Um, and and really, you look at it, both teams made 28 field goals. Wisconsin had two extra three pointers that they made, and they still lost by four because Iowa was plus 12 in at the stripe. They got to the, I mean, they only made six more, but they got to the line 12 more opportunities, and um, and it, there was large chunks 
of some of those calls that were were just like I don't know what else you can do um, in that moment and. It's kind of how it went. I, I, I was really impressed by the battle between Luca Garza and Micah Potter. I thought that was a really fun matchup all game long. They were going back and forth. Um, Garza struggled from from three. He was only one of six, whereas Potter did really well at stepping outside four of six. But really those two going against each other inside was a, a ton of fun to see because Wisconsin has struggled inside frequently and and they didn't rebound great in this game but we're really you saw Micah Potter play with a really good energy on both ends of the court and he he battled with one of the top players in the country if not the top player in college basketball this year yeah I think there was a lot of positives that you can take from from his play you know on the offensive end he played really well uh, but he did he did a good job trying to just contain um, what you could uh, against a guy like Luca Garza so they need big minutes from him you know, we've always talked about Brad Davis and throughout the season that, you know, when he scores um, and is making shots, that, that he's kind of the, the key that really keeps this thing rolling together, 14 points, 5 of 10 from the floor. Um, had a really good game, you know, passing the ball, 4 assists and 5 rebounds. So if you can get that out of him and, you know, you maybe not going to get 23 points out of Micah Potter, you know, just depending on how many minutes he plays. But if you can get a good amount of production from him as well, I think the Badgers have things that you can really build on. So, at the end of the day, it was it was a loss, but uh, I think there was a lot of positives that you can take from it, and uh, you know, couple that with kind of the fire that this team might have. You know, maybe you kind of did you maybe see yourself buying into this team a little bit more now heading into the Big Ten tournament just based on the way they played. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you almost have to in a lot mm-hmm. of ways because they they played with a lot of tenacity and grit that they haven't shown, and that's the number one thing that they've been missing is. They haven't been getting after some of the loose balls. I thought they played really well in in so many different ways, and they were hitting shots. If if you're hitting shots, this Badger team can can win games. They were better on defense in a, in a lot of ways. Iowa um, is is one of the better scoring teams in the country, and Wisconsin did pretty good job on the defensive end, um, and and really made their shots. So I think if Wisconsin can kind of harness that second half in the way they shot and use that in the games upcoming, I think they'll be in good shape. All right, that brings us to kind of, I, I think that wraps up the Iowa game, but now, like we said, it's a new season, 0-0 for everybody. Wisconsin heading to the Big Ten tournament. They will be the sixth seed. They will take on the winner of Nebraska, Penn State, on Thursday. They don't have a time list because that's, they play like a half hour after the Indiana Rutgers game. Um, wraps up. So Wisconsin will be taking on the winner. They at least get the, that bye, which is huge um, as the sixth seed. That you know, into the Thursday games, you know, you don't get the double bye, but uh, at least you get a night off to kind of recuperate, get to see your opponent. Um, and I think Wisconsin coming into this, with based off of what you've seen, I, I think you'll like their chances against Nebraska or Penn State. I would have to imagine it's going to be the Nittany Lions again, Wisconsin. Um, of course, struggled with them the first time, but uh, played a lot better the second time. So what do you make of the Badgers heading into the Big Ten tournament, and, and how do you like um, where they're positioned in this uh, bracket? Yeah, actually, it was wrote up the Big Ten tournament preview earlier today for tomorrow, and and I, I think you have to like Wisconsin's draw in a lot of ways. Um, I don't think I think they would have rather had somebody other than Penn State, possibly, just because they split the season series. Um, but... At the same time, I think you want to play Iowa compared to 
Michigan, Purdue, or Illinois in terms of matchups. So I think that's pretty good that if they get to the 12th, they, they would be taking on Iowa. So I like that possibility. But um, really, I, I think the, the biggest thing is the tournament is all about getting hot and making your shots. And it's a completely different environment. You're going to be playing in Indianapolis where you haven't played this year. You haven't done anything like that where um, it's a whole different routine getting there. You're having to wait. They'll probably play about 8 o'clock, which is kind of normal for a weeknight. But still, I think everything's a little different in the tournament. So it's all about how they prepare and, and how they come out in those the few, first few minutes of the game and the first few minutes of the second half, both areas that they've struggled this year. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how they do in this. I, I do like the matchups. You know, you talk about if you can get by that Penn State. Now, of course, that one can get tricky just because you have split with them. And, you know, that first game, they really didn't play well. And so that is a little nerve-wracking. But it's also, I think, a good test for Wisconsin. You know, you, you can't come into this game, you know, lackadaisical. You've got to come out and say, you know what, this team has beat us before. We've got to play with our best effort if we want to win a, a game here and continue on. Because I would love to see Wisconsin, you know, get a third crack against Iowa. It's tough to beat a team three times, but also you can tell that if they get Iowa again, you know, after playing them just a couple days ago, it will, it'll be, you know, I would have to imagine this team's going to be fired up to get another shot at them. I think Wisconsin, you know, the players probably think that they should have won that game if there was a, you know, a whistle that wasn't affecting, especially the the late game um, antics of it. So I think the Badgers would have a really good shot. And then if you, if you, possibly knock off a team like Iowa, you're, you've got two games under your belt, you're playing well, you could probably draw Illinois, a team that is as hot as anyone in the country right now, and, and it's probably an even tougher matchup, but again, I, I really do think it's tough to beat a team three times in college basketball, so maybe it uh, you know bodes well for Wisconsin and they can make a run, you know, I'm not saying that they'll um, you know hop to that championship game with without some, some luck and some bounces going their way, but I like the spot that they're in to start and uh, if you can maybe get by that Iowa game and, and pull off an upset, who knows? I mean, the, whatever team gets hot is usually a team that can win. I think it's kind of an open field right now. I think Illinois is probably the heavy favorite, but uh, there's there's a lot of good teams in this conference, and, and really anyone, one through seven, eight, nine, you know, Michigan State could make a run. I think anyone could, could make a run and, and really knock off this thing, and, and that's what makes the Big Ten tournament so much fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun uh, this week. And one other thing, or two other things, really, we got to mention that uh, aren't basketball related, but also talking about the best teams in their conference. You're looking at uh, the women's hockey team. Uh, Daryl Watts was won won the um, won the WCHA Best Player of the Year award, um, and they're going to be playing Providence, which is a, I think a really nice matchup for them after winning the WCHA. Um, and then the other big one was men's hockey getting their first regular season title since 2000. Obviously, that was the WCHA back then, um, and really their first Big Ten uh, regular season title. So that's, that was huge uh, over the weekend. Uh, definitely exciting to see kind of what both programs are doing. Uh, Wisconsin's a hockey school. They've, they've always had good hockey teams. But it's, it's nice to see the women continuing to do what they always do. And then the men, um, you know, jumping up this year, Cole Caulfield, I mean, the kid is amazing. Yeah, he's, he was incredible. That uh, Both those goals against Michigan State in that second game really um, you know, bailed them out from not playing necessarily poorly, but maybe playing a little tight, knowing that you've got uh, that 
that uh, conference championship on your back, and you just got to win against a team like Michigan State that has struggled all year in the Big Ten. So it was really nice to see both of those teams. Uh, it was pretty frantic. I was tweeting um, towards the end of the, the men's and women's game. We're coming down the stretch. Um, on the B5Q account, you couldn't even keep them straight because it seemed like every every couple minutes there was action going on for both. So um, really a fun couple programs to, to watch, and I think they'll both be poised to make uh, you know the women's uh, a deep run in the NCAA tournament. And uh, Wisconsin men's hockey starting up in the Big Ten tournament this weekend. They will take on the, the winner of Notre Dame and Penn State on Monday afternoon, I believe, um, in the semifinals, they with uh, winning the Big Ten, they of course get that uh, first round bye, which I think is huge for them uh, going into. You get to play just a couple games versus having to play three. So uh, I think it's gonna be a fun weekend of Wisconsin athletics. You've got uh, the Big Ten hockey tournament and the Big Ten basketball tournament going on. In um, in addition to a multiple handful of uh, conference tournaments going on, it's gonna be a good week of college basketball overall. So. Um, we'll, we'll get into all that later in the week as we uh, kind of maybe break down a little bit more, maybe do some predictions of uh, the rest of the Big Ten tournament, depending on when we're recording it. So anything else you want to get to? Otherwise, I think uh, we'll get into our interview with uh, with Dana Redke. Yeah, I mean, the the volleyball team is back off pause, which is huge as yep, well, because um, I know we're getting to the interview with, with Dana here, and um, I, I just, I hope people really like the, the flow of the interview, because we didn't talk any volleyball with her. Um, it, it would be kind of silly to bring her on and talk about a platform that's all about um, seeing athletes off the off the court or the field and then talk about volleyball <laughs> with her. So um, this is going to be a little something new, so I hope you guys like it. Yeah, yeah, I think you guys will. She was uh, very well spoken. Get to know her on a lot of different levels, um, and and talk about some of the things that she likes off the off the court. You know, we talked about uh, we did some rapid fire, which we'll get into her, her favorite karaoke song, "Past the Whole Nine Yards." So we're hoping to possibly do more of this with Uncut Madison, so you guys can get to a different side of of some of these a- athletes. So. I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, we'll stick with you or stick with us through a couple quick ad reads, and then we'll get into our interview with Dana. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Badger fans, we now welcome on a very special guest, Wisconsin volleyball player Dana Retke. When you look at our honors page on uwbadgers.com, there's a whole host of honors and accolades for her as a volleyball player on the court. But today we're going to actually focus on a little bit of herself off the court, and we're going to mostly be talking about Uncut Madison, which launched this past week. Um, I'll allow Dana to kind of give us a background on on what Uncut Madison is, because maybe you've seen it already out there. There's been a few episodes put out. Um, I know there was an interview by Dana 
um, with Danielle. But uh, just for some of our listeners who haven't seen or been a part or, or noticed what Uncut Madison is, could you kind of fill them in about what Uncut Madison is and what it's all about? Yeah, for sure. So Uncut Madison is essentially a student-slash-student-athlete-run platform, which just tells the stories of student-athletes we have in our athletic department. And we're super excited to get this launched. Um, on Wednesday was our launch day, so we're we're going, and we're ready to tell stories. Yeah, so if anybody has ever um, seen the Players' Tribune, it's, it's, it's fairly similar, and I think it's an absolutely awesome idea that I'm sure fans will love to get to know the athletes beyond what they see on the field. When did this idea first come about, and why did you feel it was so important to get involved? Yeah, so the kind of the whole story behind it. So on November 3rd, I was working the polls um, for the presidential election, and I was just doing one of my assignments, and um, our co-founder, Olivia Hancock, just happened to be sitting next to me, and we were just kind of talking about volleyball in school. We're both business students, and... She kind of just starts pitching this idea of uncut. She heard that it was something that happened at UNC Chapel Hill along with Duke and was just telling me about what they do and how it works and the mission behind it, and I absolutely loved it. I immediately told her if she ever needed any help to get it start to, you know, start putting things together or if she needed help with, like, communications in the athletic department, I was more than happy to give her those contacts. And I think the next day we were on the phone kind of planning out, like, who we needed to talk to, um, what we needed to do, and it kind of started from there. So that was back in November, and now it's March, and we officially launched. So it's been definitely a process uh, so far, but it's been really awesome to kind of see that grow. And the thing I just love most so much about Uncut was that it was student-athlete-driven, student and um it was, you know, telling true, authentic stories, and I think there's so much behind student-athletes on the court and on the field, um, on the competition field, so I think that it's just really important for the community to hear these stories and connect with our athletic department, especially in a time of, you know, distancing and isolation. I think it's a great opportunity to get these stories out there. Yeah, I think it's an awesome cause, and I watched the first episode of Dana's Den where you interviewed Danielle Hart. Mm-hmm. What was it like to interview your teammate? I'm sure someone you're very close with. Was it weird at all? Because I know when we started our podcast, the first time we, first couple times we did interviews, it was really weird to be behind the mic and asking questions, and I'm sure um, in your position you're used to being the one that's interviewed, but it's probably a weird change-up. So what was that experience like? Yeah, no, it was definitely different for me, and I'm definitely someone who wants to keep things, you know, informal, kind of relaxed, and I knew I wanted to have someone I was comfortable with on the show first just to kind of work out those kinks, see where I was at, and kind of grow from there. So Danielle is one of my really, really good friends, and, you know, we have conversations just about life all the time, so I know that she was going to be a great, you know, kind of first first guest for me and kind of great first trial in terms of being an interviewer. But, no, it was really awesome. And after afterwards, like, we were kind of texting back and forth about, like, um, what we thought we could have done better at in our interviews and just kind of like being productive and it was it was really fun to be able to talk to Danielle and also just like put that out there like all of her art and all of her travel and videography stuff because it's just so so awesome it's a big part of who she is 
and um yeah no she was super pumped to get that out there and like have people like see her art um so it was it was a really cool experience for me to watch for sure yeah it was it was very cool to see um along with your series what what else can um people listeners expect to see from uncut madison in the future here yeah, so I think a whole lot. We have a whole team right now working on a bunch of different pieces in order to put out um, on our platforms. Um, we're kind of going to look at doing some written pieces by student-athletes. You know, it's it's really one of those things where we want the student-athletes to be able to tell the story in the way that best fits their story. So it kind of depends on the person and what they want to do with their story. But we're coming out with a bunch of written pieces. Um, We're coming out with a bunch of different kind of video series, conversation series. We're also working on um, doing a Dear Madison series with a bunch of alumni. Um, So there's just a lot of things. And, you know, we're on Zoom calls at least once a week talking about ideas and trying to get, you know, new athletes to share their stories on Uncut. So it's definitely a process, and we're excited to see where that kind of takes us. And there's there's right now we're working on about three or four different projects. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. So we're excited to see how that grows. Yeah, I think it's going to be really fun to see, you know, just kind of get to know some of you guys, some of you guys, you know, off the, the field or, or the court that way. Is there any other student athletes that are involved with the platform that the fans might recognize? Yeah, we have, um, so along with Olivia and Drew, it's me, um, Liz Grigorski, who's on the, who's also on the volleyball team. We have Eden Rain, who's on the rowing team. Muma is on the football team. And we also have a couple other, um, students, Samaria, um, Lacey. I don't think I'm forgetting anybody. Hope I'm not. Um, so we right right now that's kind of the team that we have, and we're still kind of like grow and learn as we go. So it's pretty fun. We have a different mix of student athletes, which is which is really fun. Yeah, that's awesome, and I, I know um, at least speaking for myself, I'm excited to see um, all the athletes and their contributions, and, and more that I'm sure will join in um, on the platform as well. All right, before we um, wrap things up here, we wanted to do some rapid-fire questions to help people better get to know you because um, most of the time when you're getting interviewed, it's just strictly business with volleyball probably. So we wanted to hash into who Dana is and um, ask you some quick questions, and um, Tyler and I will go back and forth with answer, asking the questions. That's all okay? Yeah. All right, so let's start out easy. What are you currently studying in school? My two majors are marketing and risk management and insurance. Our dream job outside of athletics. My dream job, like growing up, I always wanted to be an anesthesiologist. I don't know why, <laughs> but that was like always my dream job. But Like putting people to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> but no, volleyball is my dream job now. <laughs> yeah, and that makes a ton of sense given how talented you are. Yeah. Um, do you have any pets, and if so, what kind? Yeah, actually, I have a lizard, a bearded dragon. Um, Very cool. So he's pretty cool. He doesn't do much, but he's pretty cool. <laughs> That's good to know. See, we would have never known that without asking. Yeah, no one really knows that. <laughs> That's funny. Favorite music artist? Ooh, I'm really into Billie Eilish right now. I love her music. Nice. Uh, go-to karaoke song? Um, Piano Man by Billie Jean. 
Billy Joel, Billy Joel. Oh my God. You had that one quick. I, I, I thought that all would take some. <laughs> I thought that would take some but you were ready to go on that one for yeah, sure. Yeah, no, that's that's my favorite. <laughs> favorite movie. Oh gosh. That's a tough one. Yeah, that, that is, is a tough one. I've. Uh, hmm. I need to come back on that one. That one's tough. We'll cir- we'll circle back. We'll give right, you some right. time to to come back to it. Do you have a favorite TV show? I just finished Hits Creek. I love that show. Oh, that's great. That's a that one. great one. Yeah. Go to late night eat spot in Madison. Ooh. Honestly, oh, it's tougher than the movie. Ian's Pizza, probably. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> can't go can't go wrong there because of the rotating different uh, choices you got. Yeah, exactly. Um, favorite food. Oh gosh, that one's also really hard because I like about everything. Um, you can give a couple if it's like yeah, I can't narrow it down I to one. I love chocolate. Anything chocolate. Um, I honestly love vegetables too. <laughs> so we got kind of a wide range of things. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Not picky. Any hidden talents that fans should know about? Oh, any hidden talents? Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's like a hidden talent, but people are always super surprised that when I was younger, I danced for like 13 years. But I don't know if that's a talent. I would say that's a talent because I can't dance. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to see Tyler on the dance floor. No, not at all. (laughs) Um, Circling it back. Movie? Oh, man. I'm going to think. Okay, I don't know if this is my favorite movie, but it's kind of like fresh in my brain since I just watched it. Um, Safe Haven? I would, I would not say it's my favorite, but that's the one I can think of, and I'm going to put an answer down. So. There you go. We, we appreciate the rack in the brain and, and giving the effort for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, well, I think that wraps up uh, our portion of the interview. And, Dana, we really appreciate you hopping on and, and kind of giving us a background of not only who you are but uh, what Uncut Madison is. Um, for you guys looking for some info, where can fans go to find it? I know it's – I believe it's at Uncut Madison on Twitter and then uncutmadison.com, correct? Yes, and we also have an Instagram page. Um, I'm not 100% sure on a Facebook, honestly. I never really go on Facebook, so I have not checked. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, no, our main our main platforms are going to be our website, um, uncutmadison.com, and then our Instagram and our Twitter pages. There you go, at uncut underscore Madison on Twitter, uncut Madison. I got to make sure to check them out um, for some stories to get to know the athletes that we watch, you know, day in and day out, but to get to know them a little bit more off the field, which I think is super important. So, Dana, thanks again for joining us, uh, and you have a good rest of your weekend. Thank you, too. All right, Badger fans, we'll be back with you for another episode later in the week, as always, on Wisconsin. Thank you.